dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some blunt business with your host. And yeah, you guessed it. It's time for another edition of Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks again for joining us. We do appreciate you being here each and every week and listening to the show. And, you know, always would love to hear from you. And always know we want to bring on great guests that are bringing on and contributing great to the cannabis business here in the cannabis industry and go through all different different varying factor, uh, factors, different areas of expertise and experience and making their way into the industry. And today's guest is no exception. We're talking to a veteran of the USA, U.S. Navy. Thank you for your service. A mechanical engineer. And this gentleman has more than 12 years experience as an entrepreneur and inventor in the cannabis industry. And I'm here speaking uh, on location from Las Vegas, Nevada, Colin Raychart. He was the founder and CEO at Green Bros. That's G-R-E-E-N-B-R-O-Z. Colin, did I say that last name right? Yep, you did. Um, we, there we go. There might be some family debate about it, but that works. <laughs> okay, very good. So thanks again for making time to join us. Now, Colin, I know you were interested in mechanical engineering from the offset from what I read about your about your uh, about the kind of life story I read about. And then I know that your career would begin with a five-year stint in the USA Navy, U.S. Navy, excuse me, serving in Operation Desert Storm. Then you took up software development and designing the email systems for Hewlett-Packard. So now talk to me first off about how, an, as an aspiring entrepreneur at a young age, you chose to challenge yourself before you chose to tackle the industry you felt confident you wanted to be in. Well, it's, uh, I actually kind of life's path took me down um, uh, an interesting road, and um, I ended up joining the, the Navy. Um, and uh, out of the Navy, um, I, I did a couple of things, to be honest, and then ended up Kind of getting into the computer market, um, which was at that time very lucrative and and viable and and just an amazingly growing industry. So I got trained up uh, and then went in into uh, the computer market. And ended up working for several companies, and based on my military experience, I was able to um, I was able to take my clearances and then go work and contract for the U.S. government. It, uh, for the Navy again, basically working the same job that I had yeah. uh, when I was in the Navy. So that's kind of how I ended up in corporate America. And I, my grandfather had always had retired from GE, and there was this kind of promise, uh, historical, you know, of companies taking care of you and and looking out for you and having all this opportunity to, to grow and hold with the company and have a great pension. But when I got to corporate America, that really ring very true so no <laughs> you know yeah the, knowing a few stories for myself when it comes to the corporate not happy about it i worked in two corporate outfits before and you know i'm knock on wood i've been here where i'm at for 14 years coming up on 15 would never want to go back too many so too many stories horror stories basically for me you know even there's might be some some good that comes through and also unfortunately like i said good people like yourselves that were in that business maybe not treated as well and this industry, having this right here, it's most important. But also, on a side note, I'm always worried about how the cannabis industry right now is in such a good heyday. It's still the Wild West, basically, but much more professional. But I'm also afraid of 
when legalization comes to the, to the states, what will happen when corporatization, it's already making its way in and starting to infiltrate. What will happen when that does? And hopefully we don't lose, you know, the integrity of what this industry is as a whole when that does happen someday. Now, yeah. let's talk about well, green growth. I mean, oh, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I please. agree. I, I agree with that. I think that, that, that we are kind of headed toward, um, you know, there is larger consolidation going on and, and you do see that, but um, you know, the younger this generation, kind of not my generation specifically, but the younger generation, the guys coming up and, yeah. um, you know, they have a much different picture of corporate America. So of what it should be. And that's the next generation of leaders all the way throughout yeah. industry. So hopefully we'll see a change from, from kind of what, we, what I was involved in. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to also get a change where, I mean, you saw it in Silicon Valley, some of the things that were being done to kind of make things kind of fun, but still, it's like still hiding what there is. But we could go on this subject for hours and hours. But, Forever. Yeah. <laughs> but let's go and talk about Green Bros itself. Now, in an article with MG Magazine, you said, quote, we're working with cultivators to provide them with an end-to-end solution. The company's approach now is to more from a supplier of machines to a supplier of services, similar to the way IBM did in the 1990s by de-emphasizing its computers and starting to act more like a consultant while still, sell, still selling machines and software, of course. Funny, we're, I'm right here in uh, Boca Raton, where our studios are located. We're not that far from the IBM headquarters that were down here for many years. Talk to me about what makes IBM, the model they had, for computers work for a harvesting solutions company for the legal cannabis industry like green Bros. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, it, it's more of more of a, an understanding that, you know, what, no matter what business you're in, you, you only have a limited, you know, you have a limited kind of scope. Right. And if we were to stay, say, stay as a trimming machine company, um, we would probably have a great run and we have had a, you know, a great run, but that run would, would die out as trends change and market trends change and, 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 and then the business as a whole kind of morphs and, and changes, we would find ourselves, um, you know, making, uh, you know, old products that were no longer relevant. And so we made a decision to move to a, a solutions oriented kind of company instead of a, um, the traditional equipment only company. And so we, when we, when I moved, you know, we made that move, what we ended up getting is some external partnerships with some great companies like Green Vault Systems um, and Puragen, where we were able to bring in products and represent those products uh, to our customers. And then also that helps us to be a more rounded business overall. So we're able to, you know, provide a lot more support to our customer base and grow with them in their growing needs and not just, you know, want to sell them the next greatest uh, model of, uh, of X, you know what I mean? It's not like we're just an iPhone company. Um, you know, we're actually diversifying out to be more of a, a complete solution. So everything post harvest or yeah, post harvest. That's, you know, that's a very good point to make. And I'll tell you that is something that, some of the cannabis cannabis businesses should do, and obviously, if they're doing products, the fact that they're also parlaying it with consulting and offering more expertise, and like you said, diversifying what's available, so there's not just you know it's not just sales. There's more to it, and I think you're absolutely on the right track with that. So we're going to go to commercial break, Colin. But okay, I feel like Alan Iverson here talking about this, but we're going to talk about trimming. 
really? I mean, you know, and I, whenever we want to research, I was kind of like talking like that. So we're going to talk about trimming. I mean, you mean we're going to talk about trimming? <laughs> so right. we're going to talk about trimming all across from the equipment to the people that actually run the machines. We'll talk all about some fascinating stuff I learned about and I want to ask you about. That's coming up here on Blunt Business in just a moment. But first, I got to talk to you about uh, time is trimming away and the days are slipping away right now. August 3rd and 4th are almost upon us, the end of the summer and the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo and its latest jaunt into Miami, Florida for another event returning for 2019. You could be one of the many thousands of industry professionals that will be embarking on Miami, Florida, knowing that they have the right at our show to educate, engage, and empower the evolution of the cannabis industry. It's the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. You can get your tickets now. Get your passes today. Register at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. More with Colin Raycart, founder and CEO at Green Bros, after this. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo. Register for an early bird discount now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks for staying with us after the break here, folks. We're talking trimming now with Colin Reichart, the founder and CEO at Green Bros. Let's talk trimming, Colin. Leafly sure. published an article titled Hand Trimmed versus Machine Trimmed Cannabis, which is better. This is like the you know, sun grown versus uh, green, greenhouse grown. Okay, indoor grown. So anyway, they wrote this, quote, trimming is one of the last steps of the growing process when prized buds are finally pulled off their branches and shaped before sale. One of the more Monotonous parts of growing producers always look for ways to make the trimming process easier and more efficient, with machine trimmers becoming more popular in recent times. Money, labor, and quality factor heavily uh, factor heavily into the decision to trim by hand or use a machine, end quote. So how does green, the Green Bros line of trimmers tackle that debate? 
Well, it's really, you know, it's been a, a, lo a long kind of changeover um, as we've seen uh, in the industry. It started out uh, all hand trimmed and then moved really quickly, you know, with the volumes that people were having to get done uh, into a machine kind of trim uh, format. But hand trim was all, always traditionally done dry, um, but machines were brought in uh, that started going down the wet road and they were all uh, based on the need for volume quickly to get material, you know, product inside, out of the rain, out of the wet, um, and into a drying situation. So they started trimming wet. And then um, uh, when I got into the, the trimming industry, uh, dry trimming and with machines had come back. And uh, we were one of the first. There's a couple machines before us, the tumbler type machines. But we were, we were basically one of the first real concentrating of dry trimming only um, and because of the gentleness of our machine and the way that we the, the blade designs and the movement of the material and so forth you get uh, a trim that's almost indistinguishable from hand trimming wow. and actually it has been shown multiple times uh, just showing person one person you know the two different options you know this it is indistinguishable um, between the two so um, it's one of those things. There's always artisanry, you know, and and that we respect that greatly. Um, but our machine also offers you the opportunity to to you know still produce a high level of product uh, from an artisan's perspective. You know, you don't have to trim it all the way down with the machine. You can actually touch it up by hand and and increase your production, or you can trim it all the way down and you still uh, get a much finer product than anything else out there. On a previous episode, we spoke to the folks behind the Munchies app, and that was Jordan Guerrero and Sheldon Owen. And they brought up how artificial intelligence and machine learning have become the buzzwords in tech in 2019. And Maps published a post that stated that due to falling cannabis prices, uh, quote, the job of a trimmer is not as lucrative as it once was. And as prices fall, farmers are faced with having to cut costs. The easiest way? Labor. Cue the robots. End quote. Not one company was reported to have developed an automated image-based robotic trimmer able to recognize the different parts of the plants and separate them faster than a human. And I'm not going to mention the company. One response regarding robots as trimmers was says this, quote, The idea of robot trimmers is totally destructive. The whole nature of the industry was people coming together to celebrate the abundance of harvest. It was rich and beautiful. It was an industry of sharing. End quote. So, now, Colin, what do you think about this idea with those in the cannabis cultivation and harvesting business that are looking to implement AI and machine learning to do their work? Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I, doubt, I don't doubt that um, that is coming um, when you look across all industry platforms. Totally. Um, but if I, were, if I were making a robot, uh, I'd be looking at other crops, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> commercial crops before I was looking at, at cannabis. Right. Um, um, but uh, the reality is, we, you know, it's coming. We get it. Uh, and that's how it is. But there is something to be said for kind of the disconnect, you know, from that, uh, the kind of culture that, it, that cannabis has right now. Um, if you go to complete automation, which is what's going to happen uh, yeah. to some extent, um, you know, there is a disconnect and then you're not really doing what you know, what the last quote stated, which is having that, that sharing time and that harvest time uh, comes together. So, but I mean, that argument was made about the trimmers, you know, that we developed and, and uh, we've had a lot of people that, that have said, you know, uh, you know, you're taking jobs away from people right. and, you know, and these kind of, these kind of arguments and, and on the face of it, it's, there's, that's the truth, but 
but the other truth is that uh, market demands, you know, productivity and honestly, cannabis. We have a big customer in Southern California with a hundred acres outdoor, and they're producing cannabis at the same price they produce lettuce. So, yeah. if you're producing a product that has that kind of value at that kind of uh, at that low cost, um, you know, it it's driving the market. It's that's what's yeah. driving the market no. down. And now your outdoor cannabis, which is grown in hoops, and they call it greenhouse, or it's the kind of cross between outdoor and greenhouse. And and the quality is so high, and the and and the genetics are so strong that I mean it's hard for a for a guy who's growing uh, premium quality cannabis indoors to compete from a financial perspective. So there's always going to be a need for you know equipment to make things better, faster, more um, to to continue to compete for our you know for the producers within the marketplace, and that's that's the reality of it. I mean. But there's always room. If you look at beer, beer did this great thing where it went, you know, went crazy, massive scale. And there was only three vendors in the whole country or four, really. And now we've got thousands of microbreweries and craft breweries and and they do things kind of a different way. So you see, you know, there's cannabis will always have the craft marketplace. Yeah. uh, And, and, and that kind of thing. So, uh, but automation is automation is definitely uh coming in uh, at one level or another and we're part of that too i mean our goal is to bring you know systems that that you know uh that are encompass the whole post-harvest um process you know now let's talk about this when it comes to those that might be affected by losing work as a result of machines coming in to take over jobs we're hearing it from every industry you just said it yourself so there have been those who have chimed in their support and the cannabis trimming culture that have enjoyed that they have enjoyed prior to legalization and automation. So there was one woman who I'm not mentioning here. Uh, she has been doing trimming work for over a decade and had an essay that she wrote and submitted to Vice. She said this quote: "For all its problems, trimming and working in the marijuana industry has allowed me and countless other women the opportunity to enjoy a financial and spiritual independence that working in the world at large has not." End quote. Another former Trimmer and Current Grower wrote about how the legalization automation, automis, automation excuse me, of cannabis has not only driven down prices, but it is destroying a once beautifully wild industry. The quote they gave to Weed Maps News was this, quote, Machines can never replace the human hand, and it's sad that the trimmer has become so undervalued. Human trimmers have always been the spirit of harvest, but with the competition of big business and a flooded market, growers feel the pressure to pay less money in order to keep their livelihood afloat. So what is it about this buzz around cannabis trimming? Why is there so much there? And I mean, are you hearing the same kind well, of stories? I mean, yeah, of course. Um, and, and the reality is, I mean, you're, you're seeing a, a completely, a complete changing of a market and it's difficult. Um, you know, the, there was a completely different culture, but that culture, and if you took it, the culture in Northern California, for instance, versus the culture in Colorado, um, I've seen them both uh, grow. You have one that was a vibrant cannabis oriented community and the other one who was turning, looking at cannabis like McDonald's. So, um, you know, it, there's always going to be this kind of give and take and throw back and forth. But to, to the comment about, um, uh, about the opportunities for women, I mean, women grow, for instance, which is an organization that we love and support um, is, you know, a women's organization for women who grow. And who are you know cultivating 
and, and, and working within the cannabis industry. And I think that that's one of the good things about the industry as the, and as the industry does evolve. Uh, it is much more non-gender specific uh, than, than, you know, traditional businesses, but that's just kind of due to the culture that we're in. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough place to sit because I mean, there, you could say, well, you know, the bad trimming companies and it's not the bad trimming company. I have, I have, you know, 40 employees and I take care of their families and we support them and, and we have a business thriving, growing business of our own. So it's really kind of just the nature of business It moves and changes and the ebbs and flows. And, 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 and as that happens, people get displaced from one area and they find work in another area. Um, I mean, the same, same thing could be said for farming, uh, you know, a uh, hundred years ago when they started making the behemoth machines that started doing all the farm labor. Um, and, and that's, and, and, and now we have, you know, farming is still a massive industry, but we have, you know, a massive industry that supports it and the equipment. Um, and there's still plenty of work that's being done. And we're seeing a pushback against large commercial farming too, into kind of, um, you know, the renaissance of, of uh, organics and stuff like that. So it's ebb and flow and a movement back and forth. And, and um, you know, I don't personally believe that it, that pursuit of profit is, is the, the highest goal. Um, you know, if you're not making money, then you're not in business. But the pursuit of profit, for profit's sake, is not the highest goal. I've always looked at our goal as being, you know, to make our customers successful. And in a market that's shifting and changing as fast as this one is, that's how we make them successful by providing them better and better equipment and offering them the, them the ability to stay viable in a changing market. Um, you know, how does a, how does a guy that has um, you know two thousand square feet compete uh, against a fifty thousand square foot warehouse? Um, you know, and that's kind of where we are. So what we do is we make equipment that levels out some of that cost and that playing field, um, and and offers everybody an opportunity to stay competitive. Where it all ends up, I don't know. And you know, the questions about um, about culture. Um, are always going to be there and we have it all the time. I mean, you hear it all the time nowadays with, yeah. with robotics and stuff like that. And there is some, to some degree, kind of that feeling of, oh, wow, we're, we're losing something, but we're also gaining something new. And we have to look at that and say, well, what do we make? How do we make this new thing the best thing that we can, you know, and um, equipment operators generally have higher salaries than, than laborers. And so, um, you know, there's a, there's a positive there. There's less of them, but they're also a different skill set. So it's a changing environment, and uh, there with change comes discomfort and and discontent, and uh, that culture has changed a lot. And if you look at, and I don't want to go on too far, but if you look at Northern California, and just I did a I did a speech up there a couple of years ago and yeah. talked about uh, automation and 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 mechanization and harvesting. And, you know, the biggest concern for them was this guys in suits who don't are disconnected, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it was really interesting. You're having a conversation. So when you're trying to sell a machine in that environment, you're talking about um, different things than you are when you're selling it in Colorado, uh, yeah. where, you know, it's, the, it's all about cheaper, faster, more. Now, so, 
we we talk about the larger scale producers. When you talk about somebody that has a fifty thousand square foot facility, I want to bring up this point that I, I came up from uh, DesignWorldOnline.com. I was just looking this up as we were talking. So large scale producers are now demanding the automation of other cannabis processing tasks as well. Quote: These tasks include bucking of buds from the stalks, as trimming machines can't perform this process yet. Industrial scale feeding of trimming machines is another task we've automated with our system offerings. These allow for a consistent flow rate to output uniformly trimmed product and further reduction of manual labor. I mean, do you take any weight to what that's being said there? Some of these automated machines. I mean, do for you sure. feel like you're, what you're doing right now, your machines do the same thing, but maybe they're just not seeing it? Oh, no. Our machines, I mean, that's what we're. That's where we're at right now. I mean, our machines are, uh, we introduced a fully automated trimmer last year in Las Vegas that loads itself and unloads itself. Um, and checks its weight and does all that, um, you know, and that's, that is what's happening. You know, um, if you look at uh, our system flow, you, you have input on one side, bucking uh, and then sorting and then trimming and then uh, outflow where you're, where you're weighing and weighing waste uh, and you're outflowing into uh, whatever your secondary or tertiary um, portals are, whether it's micro batching, micro weighing or, uh, or macro weighing and packaging you know those are those are typical assembly lines and those are all things that we're addressing for sure because that's kind of the normal flow of things if you look at any uh any large production facility they all have something that's that's facilitating all of that activity uh, it's nothing new um that's mm-hmm. for sure but we are definitely leading the leading the charge in that regard that's great to hear Go again Conrad chart the founder and ceo at Green Bros is with me here on Blunt Business, and I have some final questions to ask you about uh, when it comes to job market, when it comes to trimming. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. Educate, empower, and engage in the evolution of the cannabis industry. Join thousands of industry professionals on August 3rd and 4th in Miami, Florida for the return of the U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register before May 1st for an early bird discount of 50% off now at usccexpo.com. That's usccexpo.com. Join us for the 2019 U.S. Cannabis Conference and Expo August 3rd and 4th in Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Expo.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are coming soon to Portland, Maine, New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Miami. Sponsorship opportunities available. Register today. I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. 
We're back with final questions for Colin Raychart, the founder and CEO at Green Bros. So, Colin, again, I do appreciate you taking time. And I, like I said, we got a 30-minute show out of trimming, which I was fascinated we were able to go and do on the show. So I appreciate you giving us your insight. Green Entrepreneur recently reported that one of the cannabis jobs consistently in high demand is trimming. How about that? How important is the demand for trimmers in terms of what you're producing and what you're providing as product? That's a that's a interesting interesting question. But it, you know, really, when it depends on the, the company that you go to. But if you were to take um, any of any larger producer um, and you look at what trimming has become for them, it's a step in the process. Mm-hmm. And you'll have a, a lead cultivator or a trimming lead, and their job is to manage trimming. And what they do is they they bring in people and they bring in equipment that makes it most efficient for for their cultivation. What's interesting is that that process is not consistent from cultivator to cultivator. And most cultivators are, um, you know, kind of out there making it up as they go along. And that's when you see, um, you know, that's when you get people calling in and asking questions. Well, how would we do this? How, what would be the best way? And that's where we can really help because you have to systemize things and make things consistent to get consistent product. And if, if you don't understand workflow and, and, and um, you know, workflow management and process and process development and process refinement, um, then you really, you know, you're really kind of lurching around in the dark, if you will. So, I mean, if you don't, like, if you don't have a process for something, you can't improve what you do. There's no way because you don't have a process. So you have to start somewhere and that's really fundamental for everybody. And if they can, you know, start showing people how machines can be implemented and then you show them how they are best implemented and then you show them how to bring machines together. And then all of a sudden they're going, oh yeah, wait a minute. Because the difference between, uh, you know, an automated trimming line and a, trimming machine and, a, and an operating guy doesn't appear to be that obvious from the outside. But once you see one running next to the other, it becomes, uh, it's unbelievable what automation and, and what actually does to productivity. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's all, it's kind of a, since it's such a growing industry, then there's no standardized way of doing things. Uh, that's what gives us the opportunity to be so successful is we're able to go out and help people standardize and, and get up to speed with the most efficient ways that they can do it. Most of the time, we're still working within their con, the confines of their business model, uh, and we'll start out that way. But then, you know, we get moving down the road and they're like, well, how would we do, how would you do this? And we go, oh, that's when we can come in and say, look, if you, this is how we do it. We, we develop a whole system process for this, for harvesting. And now yeah. let's talk about the parts and let's put them together. And then you see where you need to make improvements type of thing. So, I mean, it's, it's not, it's a never ending game right now because yeah. no one's making a machine that you, you know, that, that picks it, that, that picks up the plant and puts it in bottles, you know? Oh, but let's <laughs> talk about the machines, by the way. I want to go and wrap things up here with you, Colin. Great, inf- great information, a really interesting conversation. And looking at the website and looking at the product line that you have, first of all, I love the the, the craftsmanship, the stainless steel-looking construction of all the stuff. It just looks like it's just heavy-duty, hard-powered. And 
a lot of different products, sorters, trimmers, trichome extractors, rosin press, fan slides. It's really, I look at all the equipment. It looks great, and I see how it's producing. I can only imagine when you go to trade shows and you're showing this stuff off. Because for me, when I go to one of these trade shows, especially the business-to-business type, I love seeing the machines, the extractors, and all these things that are going on, and just seeing them being operated. It's just fascinating. And how many people come around to look at the demonstration? So if people want to go ahead and schedule a demo, or if somebody wants to get your products into their uh, outfit, and they want to learn more about being consulted and all these things we've been talking about today, take a minute to talk to our listeners about how they can learn more about Green Bros and learn more about what you're doing. Of course, they can find us on the web at, at Green Bros, G-R-E-E-N-B-R-O-Z.com. Uh, you can also call uh, 844-DRY-TRIM, uh, and that will get you through to live answer, and someone will be able to schedule a demonstration for you. Um, but those are the best ways. We're also on Instagram and all of our other socials, which, which you can find at the webpage and, and link off to. Um, but really, I mean, if, if at this point uh, you haven't heard of the company, um, it'd be very, I'd be very curious Hard because um, it's, yes, I mean, we're, we're very well known and very well respected throughout yes. the industry. And um, if you know somebody who's in the industry, I'm pretty sure they've, you know, they've heard of us. So, um, but the best way to do it is to get on and take a look. We have tons of videos, instructional videos available. We also have uh, our Instagram is full of testimonial and testimonial videos. So, um, there's a lot. There's a lot out there at your fingertips. No, from everything I've been reading, there, there was a lot of references, especially when it comes to the machinery. You know, the, the Green Bros has always made mention of, and they've always well respected and highly regarded. I've read all about, it, and I've known you, for you guys for a long time. It's just uh, some information that's coming across. I just thought this was a fascinating idea, and like I said, I wanted to see what it would be like to go and do an interview on trimming. But we did it, and I'm I'm amazed on what uh, information this is, and obviously a show like this. This is the kind of stuff I want to be able to talk about. Let's go through a wide worldview of just going through different areas. The last episode I did was on real estate. Others are about finance, investments, all across, because there's so much cannabis owners need to know and to pull the right people across, and I think you are definitely one of those people today, and I'm really thankful that you came on to our show. Well, I always appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about what's going on in the industry. I, I love it, personally. Um, yeah. It's exciting. It's growing fast. I mean, so fast that you blink and you, everything's changed the next day. Uh, but it's great. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to be in any other industry. Well, I mean, you know, and I'm glad you were able to make it in here after taking a little change, taking a challenge for yourself early on. Uh, wanted to get into mechanical and mechanical engineering, and you're definitely doing what you love today. So to take a quote from a jingle from an old U.S. Navy commercial: "Full speed ahead, Colin." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so with that said, uh, thank you so much for everything you're doing for us and, and really hope to go and see you at a future show and we'll definitely keep in touch. Yeah, well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Hey, our pleasure. So for all of you, uh, once again, greenbros.com, G-R-E-E-N-B-R-O-Z.com, great website, a lot of information, full chock full of product line. Go ahead and take a look at it uh, as we go and wrap up the show. And once again, let's talk about our great sponsor here at Bone Business, the USCC Expo, the United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. And you've got to be part of this. August 3rd and 4th, Miami, Florida. Please join us for a returning conference series, Invest in Your Future, leave a lasting impression on thousands of attendees. We hope you'll join us to educate, empower, and engage the evolution of the cannabis industry with all of us at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami, Florida, August 3rd and 4th for the 2019 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. And we will have a show on the West Coast in Phoenix this October. 
Stay tuned to Bump Business. We'll tell you about that in the coming months. And again, usccexpo.com for all the information. We hope you'll log in today and register for your pass. Thanks for joining us, folks. You can download past episodes of Blunt Business by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Spreaker, and iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.